Halloween, Halloween. Halloween. edition of Strange and Mysterious with William. This is a season one, episode two. Welcome to Strange Mysterious World. This is William and Lee. Oh, Halloween edition. Good evening, William. How are you doing? Good, man, Lee. How are you been? Yeah, I'm fantastic. Thank you, man. So, a um, bit of a strange topic to be chatting today about uh, exorcisms. Uh, the, the movie, The Exorcism, the famous movie that came out in uh, 1973 by the director, William... Friedkin, I think his name is William Friedkin. Um, um, I remember he did that. This well, the one movie that really stuck out for me was the French Connection, which was a really good movie. I mean, because I went to film school and um, you know, film. So um, yeah, there was a he was quite a big thing. The French Connection, and then the next movie he made was The Exorcist. The Exorcist. What's it? The Exorcist. Three, and then I mean, I remember watching that when I was. Um, she's uh you know i must have been 11. I, you know, I was young but anyway that was the scariest movie ever i remember it was vhs tapes we hired it um and uh we wa- watched it me and my sister and we were too scared the next morning to take it out of the the vcr um uh the, the, the we were too scared to take it out of the vcr like we were like we were like debating with each other i was like no you take it out and she's like no you take it out. i'm like no i'm just kidding you and then for like months after that every time there was a noise in the roof like uh i remember, remember before she got possessed her name was what was her name emily was it the next an ex exorcist maybe <laughs> the, the, before she got uh possessed there was those noises of the rats running in the roof or something like a thing that went oh, and like every single time I heard a noise in that roof, I couldn't sleep. I, it was it was terrifying. I was like it actually traumatized me as a child. I mean I, that thing. It was, uh, and also what actually makes it, it's it's funny because like you know people always throw with all this materialistic stuff and science and that we throw spirituality out the you know out the the window. But there's something innate in us that actually, there's something that believes this stuff so deeply inside ourselves that, you know, to watch a movie and to actually be so terrified of that, um, you know, like we, you know, there's something in us that believes this stuff, no matter how, like, you told that it's not true or whatnot, um, it is scary. I think we come off from a, a a background quite recent um, from the witch trials and you know all that stuff that was going on in Europe, <clears throat> especially with the Catholicism. Uh, the guys weren't the uh, friendliest bunch back in the day. Well, actually, not too too long ago, actually. So um, I think that's all, but the stigma is still kind of attached to that, and I think we still have a very clear mind as to the things that were happening quite recently. So I think that's that's kind of why we. We're still afraid of these type of things. Now, I do remember seeing that as well, the, the movie, and I think the the part that scared me the, the most was when she came down the stairs uh, like a spider, like backwards. Yeah. She was like, I, I don't know if you remember that, but that was like, wow. When I, and all the blood was coming out of the mouth. I was like, ew. And, I, and you must also remember back in the day when that movie came out, 
uh, it was it was rated. It was actually banned. If I can remember correctly, it was banned in South Africa for for a period. And um, I think people there was newspaper articles that were saying people were killing themselves and all sorts of stuff that was going on. Uh, as far as I can remember, the movie I think was based on two two stories. It's just true stories. Um, two stories that were kind of combined to one to make a movie. Um, so I think it was actually based on some fact uh, in the movie with regards to that. But something that's always kind of interested me, and maybe this is just uh, me being a bit um, picky, but every single movie or every single media post that we see nowadays with exorcisms, the voice of the of the demon is always like, hey man, I know who you are, priest, don't come near me. And then like the priest will chat to him and then, you know, and then the next exorcist movie is like, hey man, it's me again. Uh, so I'm wondering if like there's the, the demons at hell are like, hey buddy, how are you doing, man? You're not I'm fat, man. Uh, well, how do you sound like me? I fuck, I don't know, man. We, we 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 seem to have the same kind of voices, man. And that must that must mean up in heaven they're like, hey buddy, how's things? So I don't know, maybe the atmosphere is very low in hell. That I do because every single voice from a demon is like bear, very bear, very bear. In your state, state of the world now, and the way that Netflix is going, I'm surprised the next Exorcist movie is not going to come out and they're going to be like, "Hey there, how's the bathroom, I'm your demon. Yeah, I mean, uh, hold on, I'm your demon, but you must call me. Hold on, um, I'm not a he, I'm not a she, I'm a they. <laughs> that's why we are legion this this not it's not him and her, him or her it's it's they because they are legion there's many so well the um the the story like i said earlier was actually based on on two two stories i think one was uh an actual event that happened in 1949 uh from a young guy out in maryland and then there was some some whole lot of exorcism that happened in 1634 so I think that's kind of where he, his book, when he did the Exorcist, I think that's where he wrote, wrote stuff from. So now it is based there, and stuff from this. But like I said, it's very difficult because it seems, although saying that the um, the exorcism story goes, the exorcisms actually go right back to um, Sumeria in those times. So it's actually way before Catholicism actually even came on board, before it was even smelled. Catholicism. It was uh, they were doing exorcisms back in Sumeria, Mesopotamia, and those places. Then <laughs> it's going back some time. Oh man! Yeah. Apparently, all major major religions, even the Hindus, and it have some sort of exorcism um, practices that they do if these guys get possessed by certain demons. So, I think there's some sort of some truth to it. Must be. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, that's sort of I always wonder. You know, people split personalities, and that's like. Um, you know, they they um, well multiple dis- uh, personality disorders. I mean, there's cases documented where even the people's eyes change different colors when a different personality comes in, or the handwriting is completely different from the others, and obviously the voice changes and and the posture. And uh, you know, they even their face looks older if they're like the older person and younger than the younger person. So, I mean, I'd love to ask. Um, Father Christopher about that and see what he has to say. Like, um, uh, you know, if that's actually a, a psychological issue or that could be possessed by many different entities or demons or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it'll be interesting once we've had a chat. I know he's, he's, a, he's pretty busy in exorcisms. Problem is that. Uh, but what I was saying is, I think in, in the in the past, the exorcisms were being held for anybody and anything. So even if you had some sort of stomachache, they would come in, get thee out of the demon. That stomach is. You know what I mean, <laughs> I'm get to that pig. That's <laughs> it. So, I feel so. I feel. I feel sorry for the for the animals nearby because they always like the uh, the the scapegoat. Set. That's that's what I call it, a scapegoat. Set. Get thee into those lambs and <laughs> into the lambs. It comes from the scapegoat. And, and, and the poor and the poor lamb is like, what the fuck? What did I do? I'm just walking by. Please, man. <laughs> anyway, it's a shame. Cool. But anyway, yeah. So get old Chris on the line and see what he has to say. Father Chris. Okay, well, we would want to thank you so much for coming on here and, um, and uh, you know, for us to be our guest. Be our guest. Yes. I'm quite clearly. Thank I hope I can throw lights where you're wanting it to be thrown. Yeah. Sure. So, well, um, firstly, uh, Father Chris, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, like, um, uh, who are you? Um, how long have you been a priest for? Where? How did you get into being a priest? Um, uh, just give us a little bit of a background about yourself. It was a pleasure. Uh, if it's too long, you can let me know being told more wins than it. I hope you can this before it goes onto the public domain, if it's doing that way. Yes, yes, of course we will. Then it's the years of age, and I got the call to become a priest when I was caught up in the war in Zimbabwe in 1971, and made a deal with our Lord that if I came out of that alive, then I would become a priest. But when I came back to Waterloo and saw my girlfriend waiting for me. I said, no way, Lord, I was joking. Uh, and then continued to <laughs> my study. pursue <laughs> my studies, become a lawyer. Um, that was the aim. But then the government wanted to send me back up again. And then said, oh, there's a job going at Toronto Marketing Company. Which for which I wasn't qualified. I said to my Lord, if I get this job, then I'm Ends them off the hook, but during the said they now will become a priest. Got to go, but those are off the hook. But no, our Lord said it's a Franciscan priest to come and preach in my parish, and he talked simply about the beautiful arrow God. And once I really listened to a sermon, and long story short, I saw more of him than of my girlfriend, and was. He one night said to me, have you ever tried to sell anybody ice cream? And I said, no. He said, try to make me buy ice cream and describe the various flavors, etc. of the day. He wasn't interested. And I said, what are you trying to tell me? He said, try to give me a taste of your ice cream and then I might be interested in buying it. I said, my goodness, what are you trying to tell me? You know, then he got very excited and said, this is what the religious life is about. If the continent and try we need to discover whether you have to call or not. So I talked to Mary and my girlfriend, and she said, okay, try it for one year, which I did, and then I found a lady got the call. 
And that had been ever since, so since 1775, I went to the princess in this in studying philosophy, theology, and some post-grad studies, and worked in parishes and also teaching, and in full-time retreat giving. And it was whilst I was in the full-time retreat giving ministry that Cardinal Wilfred Napier, the time Archbishop of Durban, asked them to be an exorcist. So that's basically now at the moment I'm here at the Monastery in Eldor, where I'm the chaplain, and the Lord in Exorcist. Although, having said that, the local bishop has asked me to carry out an exorcism tomorrow, in fact. Yeah. Geez, so how many of these, um, how many exorcisms do you perform a year? Or were you performing a year? I want to say, I didn't actually keep a book. Um, but I can say that maybe 20, 30, but most of the people I would interview who were referred to me were actually not having anything of the demon, but psychological matters. People often prefer, under unbelievable, they prefer to have something demonic rather than something psychological wrong with it. Something psychological still has a bad name. There's a spirit attached to it, unfortunately. And uh, Father, Father, how do you tell the difference? Sorry, man. How do you tell the difference between somebody that's got a psychological issue or somebody that's got a demonic uh, possession? Yes. Very simple, actually. Um, I just slide it in then. Are they, are they, do they pray? Are they able to call on the name of Jesus? Do they call on the name of Jesus? Do they have any relationships all with God? And if they answer yes to all of that, and then I test them to see, and they or can they not call on the name of Jesus? And and very happily, then I know it's probably psychological. And then if a person is possessed, they are unable to say the name of Jesus at all. They would actually go so far as to say Satan is Lord. Oh wow! So, oh, wow. okay, can somebody get possessed by like a good entity or like um or I mean, there's also places where people say there's a walk and like like the person's personality changed completely and everything, but they, it's not actually demonic. It's just like they're a different person. So it's maybe like they old yes, less thing and impossible. Yes. So you say that's a schizophrenia, that type of thing. Um, with demons, it's not quite the same as schizophrenia or having multiple personalities. Uh, it's real, straightforward, demonic. They're just evil, almost evil personified. Okay, they want to do evil, and they do carry out evil acts, and they've got no problem doing it. So how? I mean, yeah, a couple of cases do like that. So how does how does a person become possessed? They willingly allow Satan to come into their lives. They make a deal with Satan. Because um, there's attack for being under attack of Satan and being possessed. The person who's under attack and have been cursed, or they have gone into it 
out of interest, they've experimented with domestic glossy or overboard, something of that nature, and they open themselves up to being attacked. But they're not actually possessed unless they go so far as to make a deal with Satan. And some people go that far. Oh, wow. So like a normal person, like, I mean, like, for instance, the the, the movie, The Exorcism, the 19... Um, uh, yeah, the 1973 one. That, that one, it seemed like it was just like a normal girl going about her business, and then the next minute yeah. it's possessed. Like, I mean, is that does that ever yeah. happen? That's doesn't happen. So you would have to actually like you would have to call upon it, or like have to like maybe have to make a deal, make up a relationship with Satan, and that sort of thing. Oh wow! Okay, so some sort of intent, uh, some sort of intent is put upon it. Exactly, it is intent. Correct, it is okay. So, so Manny, the people that you are doing the exorcisms for are actually people that have been practicing uh, Satanism or some form of Satanism or whatever you wish. And 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 then what would be seen about most or five at the most, I would say five at the most that were actually in the one future. Or it was amongst those that will make it six um, that um, are really possessed. I've chosen with two, as you said, they've got that intent to have Satan in their lives and to give themselves to Satan. Okay, so you're saying like out of the 30 you do every year, like five were actually really good, proper cases? Yes. Five out of the whole of And those are scary. Really scary. And and Father, just as a, as a matter of interest, um, I know we said a lot on TV and movies and that kind of stuff, but with the people that are possessed, do they ever um, have these uh, certain powers that you see? These guys are lifting telekinetically, they're lifting beds in the sky and they're throwing things around the room with their minds. Is, is that possible or is that just uh, in the movies? Oh, that does happen. My very, very first piece was of a tender with this. From one end of the school in the class, from all the desks, with the kids in the desks to the far end of the room. Oh, wow. Uh, it was scary. Uh, then the other was a 10 year old child who would move the heavy oak wardrobe from one end of the room to the other in such a place that it was blocking people's entry into the room unless you squirted your way in or worked your way in. And I couldn't get anybody to move that, but many just couldn't move it by themselves. I had to give the picture of movers themselves. Um, and then the other one was overwhelming. She, during the exorcism, her mouth opened up like a liar in the mouth. It was so wide, and teeth grew uh, like canines of a lion. And she was going for my hand. The other priest was afraid that they weren't able to fight him yet. I stayed and commanded her to desist all this in the name of, of Jesus Christ. As Satan receives their place to Jesus, which happened immediately. It was one other slips my mind now completely. 
That's fine, Father. Well, while you're thinking, just just a quick question. Um, what is the risk of you um, as an exorcist? What is the risk of you being possessed by the entity that is being that is possessing the person? How how big is the risk for you? Zero, zero risk. Unless my own life is wayward. If my life is wayward, then of course the chance of me being possessed are very high. So what is way? Like I said, yeah, I think if it's you're not on the right track, you're not on the right path, your belief is not strong enough. Sorry, pardon? No, I'm saying I think Will asked her what what does wayward mean. I was just I think I was explaining that uh, I think wayward means that your 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 belief system is not strong enough in in Jesus and in God, um, and you you waver a lot. So your faith is not strong. Um, to, if uh, I think that's what he was asking uh, when you when you said wayward, uh, I think that's what what uh, you meant. Am I right? That's part of it, but the other part is of is, is the one is stuck in a particular sin. We're all sinners, but to be stuck in a particular sin is different, uh, especially any of the sinners against the Ten Commandments. If one is stuck in any of those and wanting to remain stuck and not repenting. <laughs> then one is open to an attack of Satan, and if one is an exorcist, then one is open to becoming possessed. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. One has um, to be a walking talk. Sure. And then, uh, is it true that you, um, before you perform exorcisms, you've actually got to fast for a period of time uh, prior to the exorcism? Right. Yes. I'm fasting at the moment, but this one tomorrow. How long do you have to fast? Yeah, I was going to ask that. <laughs> yeah. Because of my health, I can't fast for a week. So I've stopped this fasting since the bishop asked me to do it, which is yesterday. I started slowing down. I only ate uh, yesterday, ate breakfast and lunch, and today again, breakfast at a very small lunch. So there's no supper, no breakfast tomorrow. And then I'll take some food off the exorcism and my needs at that time of day. Okay, and what is the reason for that, uh, Father, for the fasting? Fasting is, is, as Jesus said, some of the demons you gladly drive out in in God's name by prayer and fasting. So that one is more open, more reliant on God. That when we fast, we are knowing we are weak. And when we are weak, we rely on God. Okay. All right. Um, and then, sorry, another question. Sorry, well, um, just going back a little bit. Uh, you, when you, when you are um, interviewing the person, and you find, and you kind of find, look, there's no demonic possession here. Um, they more, it's got to do psychologically. Do you guys kind of refer them to see uh, specific psychologists, or yeah. is there that kind of help on hand for them as well? Yes, there is. I've got very friendly psychiatrists and psychologists who are willing to see people and to help them the discernment of whether the person is possessed or not. And everybody that I've seen so far to label has been diagnosed as definitely having psychological problem. Okay. I'm sorry, well, you can carry on there, but I'm sorry. They've received help. They've really received help uh, by the people to do it pro bono for God. For the person. Okay. And okay. That's also awesome. helps as well. 
just going back to those incidents about the those boys in the classroom or the boy that was uh, in the classroom. How old was were those? Uh, like the one with the the cupboard, uh, the cupboard on the door, and the one in yeah, the classroom. That's when I was a teenager. Was a girl. She was a teenager. She would have been about fourteen years of age. And how did you think she? I this and I, I thought it was a plotting heist. But then I, I quickly could see from the way she shared. No, she's given herself completely to Satan. But she couldn't say Jesus's name at all, not at all. So how did she open herself up to this? Uh, she had experimented. And then with, with some peers, they experimented with Ouija board and found it very nice and fun and gave herself to Satan. So there was, as you say, in the teenage. Um, uh, she's a scary. It is scary. No, it. Uh, Father, I, I don't know if you would know this question, but um, look, I know you say on your side, you do on, a, on average between 20 and 30 exorcisms a year. Um, what what is your what is your your thoughts on on worldwide? What do you think the the stats are? Do you think it's growing? Do you think there's a lot more that are being possessed? Do you think it's becoming a lot less um, because of the of the psych, the psychological issues that have been picked up now? As in the past, where it wasn't they they didn't realize psychological that there was something else. Do you think it's on a decrease, or do you think it's kind of increasing now with all the activity that's going on in the world? You know, on the increase because people are less given to God. Uh, they talk about the spirituality and they, they want to have a spiritual life, but not anything to do with morality that I can do what I like. And Satan attracts them for that. Wow. So it is on the increase, yes. Um, so I just, uh, Father, just going back to that girl, you said that she killed somebody, so she murdered somebody. We kill people, but this they have to do. They become even a priestess or a priest in the satanic field. They have to actually care. Yeah. Then obviously, yeah, everything that's going around the world then makes a lot more sense. That's uh, see why wheels are off all over the world. That's just bringing it. Uh, question is that the the the, the 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 end of the world, like in um. And revelations and all of that. Like, when, when do you yeah. think that's going to happen, Father? Only, only God knows. Jesus was asked that question as well. He says, only my Father knows. We are living in the end time, and the thousand years are like a single day for God. So we're only on the third day. That's all. Third day. So the world is still very young. Uh, third day. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can't, I can't see it getting a lot worse there, but we got sits on the wind. got those wars, rumors of wars, plagues, famines, earthquakes, you name it. Yeah. Ah. Because I stay with the Lord. That's the only solution. Stay with the Lord. We don't know. And also, the world could end uh, tomorrow, but I might die today. So the world ends for me today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make the best of it while you can. Nasty. Toast to God while you can. That's right. Yeah. Well, it was wonderful speaking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, William. Thank you, William. Thank you, William. And we hope you, yeah, as you say, catch us. Well, good luck for tomorrow. Good luck for tomorrow. 
Yeah, and and and, and good luck for you with tomorrow. Yes, I mean, well, God be with you. Yeah, thank you for thank you. I'll let you know. Awesome. Yes, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Thanks, Father. Have a good evening and sleep well. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, Father. Bye. What do you think, Lee? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, the world's, and you know, currently it's not great. Eh? Um, it's too much cock happening. And it doesn't matter really where you read, whether it's the Bible, the Quran, or the Bhagavad Gita, or whatever it is that you're reading. This it all, it all talks about the same stuff. Eh? It's the end times. Um, and according to the Bible, um, the earth is Satan's domain. So, yeah, um, it's, it's quite scary. And you know, the thing that's I, not that I didn't realize, I didn't think was possible and he's kind of confirmed that it is possible i thought exorcisms were you know the, the things that i've heard people that have that have experienced it um have kind of mentioned the 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 super strength that the people have i mean it takes 10 people to hold down one guy those kind of things but I, there was a reason i asked a question about the um the superpowers um, and he confirmed, he confirmed that it actually does. I mean, people can throw things around the room, they can throw you around the room. So there's obviously some sort of telekinetic ability with um, certain entities. So shit, I don't know, we've got to be careful there. Your friend Yuri Geller, what's happening with him? He's got telekinetic abilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, it's funny. I, I speak to him on that line then, and he actually, he sent a video at Christmas last year, because um, I was telling my parents, um, like I speak to Yuri on, on WhatsApp and then Yuri made a video to, uh, to bending a spoon, um, uh, you know, and for my dad and my mom on WhatsApp and sent it to, to me to send it to them. And then I, and then I like, I sat down with my, my mom and my dad and like, I wanted to film their reaction to the video so I could send it back to them to say, thank you. Look how happy they were. And they looked at this video and they were just like, whatever, <laughs> didn't even have a reaction. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> you should have. You should have. You should have sent those spoons like Christmas presents. Eh? Watch, <laughs> watch the spoon, man. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, but the, but any times like I, I know it is so shit now, and, and, and you know, and all of the divide. I mean, especially in America, I know you know the race divide and the gender divide and the like, and, you know, and the Israel and the Palestine divide and the. Ukraine, right? I mean, like it is, it's, it looks like a shit, but I mean, you know, we, we've been going through these end of time days. I mean, like, I mean, what, imagine what people were saying during World War Two. you know, like when they were, mm. must, people being, must have been like, no, it's definitely the end of the world now, you know, or World War One, or even with the, with the the Cold War, you know, I mean, even, I mean, look at through the 60s. I mean, it was huge, you know, like um, the, the feminist like, uh, marches and the, the race marches. I mean, shit was going down then. And then, you know, had the war in, in um, Vietnam and, you know, like shit was getting serious. I mean, I mean, obviously they didn't have social media to, to you know, put it on steroids. Boosted. Just boost mm. up to a hundred percent and get really people riled up and I mean I just think I mean with this the social media now things just get around so fast and just put things out of proportion or, or actually excite people more into such a frenzy. 
um, that it's, you know, like we, we do think like, yeah, I know it's definitely the end of days now, but I mean, I mean, think we've been going through so much shit like over and over. So, and, and I keep on, I mean, look at the, the, the great depression, you know, you see all those pictures of the people staying there with no food and they're starving and, and that must've been some really shit times they went through there. And, um, you know, and we, we keep on thinking we have it worse now. I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't go through the great depression. Maybe those pictures are also blown out of proportion here, but like, um, yeah, like, I mean, our folks, they were saying that they, you know, they couldn't even, my parents couldn't even afford a steak when they were like, a, 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 you know, the younger. So everything was like so scarce and like they would save everything and like, I mean, you know, they would keep a microwave for 20 years. I mean, now my microwave, I keep it for like a, a year and it breaks. I just throw the bloody thing away and get the new one. And like, <laughs> they, they would like actually take it to a place and get it fixed, you know, and then I'd, yeah. Keep in mind for twenty years. So I don't know. We always go on about like, no, nah, this is the end of the times. But uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, also like the whole Kali Kali Yuga thing. Like they say, it's coming to an end now, and uh, we're going to a new cycle of hopefully enlightenment now. But um, yeah, let's let's wait and see. My grandfather was just to say. Hey, uh, uh, boy, uh, you know, when I was uh, young and your age, uh, I had to walk to school bare feet for 10 kilometers in the snow. <laughs> That's it. Oh, fuck. So. I think the previous generation were like always worse than the previous one. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's the best time we've ever been in. I mean, jeepers. I mean, like, like, it's just that I think our mental health and our our spiritual um growth i mean we just we just disturbed human beings i mean we all mentally physically emotionally spiritually sick mm. even though it is the best time we've ever been in i mean we've got water coming to our house we've got electricity we've got like as i say we can you know have a microwave or you know a lot of us once the microwave breaks we can get another one um, i mean like i know there's a lot of people can't afford a microwave but um I mean, it is a great town that we're living in, but we just obviously always think of the negative. And uh, I mean, I mean, I know there's a war, go two wars going on, but you know, I think wars have been going on with human beings for thousands of years. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, look, the only thing that worries me in in the world today, besides the normal sickness that uh, we, the human beings, seem to uh, put on the globe. Uh, is artificial intelligence and and where that's going that that worries me because you know you've got uh, James Cameron I think it was James Cameron that did the um, Terminator series am I right it was James yeah. Cameron yeah James I mean he saw something back then we all laughed ah never check these things I remember you know all that kind of cuck it's like <laughs> that never happened man come on really and like literally twenty five years later it's like these things are yeah. Sky and sky. Yeah. Well, what they say is a conspiracy theorist is usually six months ahead of the curve, and a sci-fi <laughs> sci writer is usually about 50 to 100, 100 years ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're right. But, you know, that, that might lead into something else. That might lead into – because remember Nostradamus, when he did his predictions, he actually said that he was getting this information from another world, and he was seeing it through, like, this bowl of water. <laughs> So it's possible that maybe these guys, the writers, right. the science fiction, like Orwell and all those guys, they were seeing or they're getting messages from future, for future events that they're they're putting into, into books because they kind of don't understand. It. Yeah, it's like a we only understand it later. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Form of channeling. Like even um what is that uh, that sci-fi dick um Bill and Kate. Yeah. That's why I was of uh, Okay, yes, yeah. He was writing like he would write. I mean, he basically he would write on uh, multiple like um, uh, timelines and uh, like and and say so whatever timeline like you. Are. So people were probably on that timeline that he wrote about. Then those things happened, but he would apparently like what what I've heard. What he was writing about it was actually he was kind of some form of channeling that he he even wrote. He was writing so much that eventually he was saying that there was a man coming into the house with a hood on or something, a black hood. And then when he turned around, there was a a guy with a uh, a black hoodie on in his house robbing him. But he was busy writing about that, and it actually was happening in the background. It was like he he. <laughs> it was actually like, the 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 like the Matrix, the Matrix, the deja vu. Yeah, well, the first the, the first screenplay I ever wrote when I came out of film school, it was about a guy getting hijacked, and um, and I, when I went to go, move, um, I, I got a bunch of friends together. You know, I was I, was, I had my first uh, job as an editor in a production house, and I would take the gear every like weekend, and I'd go make try and make this film, and I actually got hijacked while making this film about a guy getting hijacked in in the film, and I, and I got hijacked with all the gear. I mean, uh, it's a, quite a long story where everything happened, but um, yeah, they stole the car, all the gear, all the footage, um, and it was almost like a. Are you making you're making a film about getting a hijacked? You got hijacked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. So thank you guys for joining us uh, for listening, and yeah, we'll speak to you guys uh, next week. Thanks, man.